How do you do, fellow kids, and welcome to Reskinned. A weekly episodic discussion of the star-studded and scandalous teen drama phenomenon of the late 2000s, Skins. And this week's episode, we'll be talking about Chris once again. Um, the signature drink for this week is a WKD Blue. Um, we had a little pink drink earlier on in the series, uh, and now we're going for a blue one. I feel like... Um, Lovely. This... Because it's Chris, it should be uh, bottoms up. Uh, because it's Chris, it should be pints. But I feel like no, I think would respect this. I imagine that Chris has had a blue WKD in his time. He I'm probably sh- thought it was shit and fed it, poured it into a fish tank or something. I'm sure he did. So this episode was written by Ben Schiffer, who was a kind of long-term Skins writer. Yeah, he also wrote or co-wrote the Trip to Russia episode uh, alongside Simon Amstel. One of our favourite episodes, I'm sure you'll agree. Mm. Ben Schiffer went on to write for Dates, which was a, another Brian Elsley show, um, and has done lots of things like Stan Lee's Lucky Man and Ransom. Um, he also wrote a pilot um, of a show called Goths with Jack Thorne, which I would absolutely love to see, um, although I've never, I don't know if it ever aired. This episode was also directed by Harry Enfield. Who also plays Tony's dad, Tony's but is dad. best known as British comedy royalty? Yeah, I would say so, like 90s comedy yeah. um, royalty. The Harry Enfield show was his kind of sketch show and probably best known for uh, Kevin the Teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that he does bring a certain kind of energy to this episode, and I think you can tell that there is, yeah, uh, he's got a bit of directorial verve. You can tell that this is a comedy, um, a comedy person directing mm. the episode, I think, um, but we can probably go into that a little bit more later. But yeah, I do think it's got a, a tone of its own, although... Yeah, let's let's see what we think about this episode. So the episode starts with Chris sort of getting a telling off at college um, and he says, I'm a bit lost. And we get this kind of scene of the, the head teacher at the college saying no one should get left behind and then immediately saying that she's kicking Chris out of the school. Um, and we get this little montage of CCTV footage of Chris stealing drugs, peeing on the science block, and shagging someone over the head teacher's desk. Uh, although I'm not sure who that was. Do you? Did you get a? a no, good look? I think it was a, a random. A random. So he's he's been told he's got a week left to leave his flat as well. This scene really sets us up for one of the themes of the episode, which is Chris finding a way, or Chris landing on his feet, or finding something. You know finding uh, a way to survive even in the face of of all these things that keep happening to him. Mm. So then we get this scene of Chris and Jal, who are, as we know, a really good pairing. Jal is wearing some denim hot pants, which are quite weird. Um, this scene is is another sort of example of Jal's tough love approach, I think. She's so, so practical. Um, she says, dry your eyes, princess, at mm. one point. Um, and she is just about getting getting Chris to take hold of his life and actually do something about 
these problems that he now has. Yeah, it's also really good to see Larissa Wilson, like uh, she puts in a really good performance in this episode, and I think particularly in this scene, the fact that she's getting things to play other than sort of Angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, d- d- there's kind of lots of um, lots more shades to to Jal's interactions, particularly with Chris in this episode. Uh, so that's really nice to see, and they've got a nice chemistry together. And Joe Dempsey is, as ever, absolutely brilliant. So the the sort of nub of this scene, um, which is a very sort of this is what I mean when I say you can tell there's a sort of comedy person over this episode because. In this scene particularly, Chris is sort of gooning everywhere and, like, his sort of movements are... Yeah, they're kind of over the top and very kind of expressive. Like, he falls off the chair at one point and he's just sort of... um, It's like, yeah, it's like he's on a sort of... Yeah, very slapstick, like he's on a sort of wobbly floor kind of moment. And it just, yeah, you can tell it's a comedy person. Um, the nub of this scene is that Jal's always saying no and Chris is always saying fuck it and they agree that they'll kind of do the opposite mm-hmm. for for a week. It's a bet, I guess. Would you say that you are more of a Jal or more of a Chris? Are you more likely to say no or are you more likely to say fuck it? I think I'm a Chris and you're a Jal in this <laughs> scenario. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> so following this scene, we get Chris sort of trying to make good on his promise and going to see Josie, the careers officer. Um, I think this is Josie Long's first appearance in the actual show. Yeah, she, she, made... she did an un- Unseen Skins, right? Yeah, she made some really good Unseen Skins um, as this character uh, for the last series. The the one with Chris is particularly good. Is that where he draws a snail? He draws a snail. On her desk, she has this little kind of sign that says, be daring and express yourself without swearing. So Chris kind of reveals that he's been to the job centre and that no one helps. Uh, that's why he's gone to Josie for help. Did you Do you think that Josie dresses like Chris? That's not an observation I would have made, but I think that there is maybe a parallel there in terms of the sort of arrested development stuff because, yeah, Josie is kind of characterised as being quite childlike mm. uh, in a different way to, to Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. I think they've got a good chemistry with each other. And yeah, just Joe Dempsey is very good at comedy. So what kind of comes out of this scene is Chris saying, if I'm going to draw a picture of a house, I don't want someone telling me what it should look like. He's um kind of, I think, st- struggling to kind of make sense of the world because Chris has his own very unique viewpoint, mm-hmm. uh, and and is kind of trying to trying to kind of mold that to fit the world. Yeah, and uh, this this motif of drawing a picture of the house comes back later in the episode. So let's put a pin in. Oh, drawing so it a picture does. Of the house. So it does. I hadn't even thought about that. So Chris kind of goes through this series of careers with Josie, like, and why he's been Mm -hmm. sacked from them. Um, And following that, we get this scene of them in a bar, and Chris is dealing drugs to some sort of identikit emos. Yeah, when you say them in a bar, like, Josie's not at the bar as well. No, she's not, she's not, she's not. Um, But that is, so it's Chris and uh, his pals 
are at the bar where he's dealing drugs to these emos. And you do get a sense that there's something of Ben Schiffer in these characters based on if he'd done this series called Goths. Yeah, I guess so. It, it, I thought this scene was a bit... It, it was sort of classic skins on the nose. It was like, a little bit laboured. A bit broad and laboured, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and broad is good, I think. Broad can be good, but it just felt a little bit laboured mm. as a joke. Um, but a very much of its time yes. joke. And also at the bar is Sketch and Anwar and Maxi. And Sketch has started kind of getting Anwar to do his hair like Maxi. To comic effect. To comic effect, definitely. Um, later on, I think. So also... In this scene, uh, in my outfit of the week, Posh Kenneth, who is wearing a lovely sort of blue scale hoodie. Yes, yes. I didn't really notice the hoodie, but I do always like to see Posh Kenneth. So yeah, they're they're at this bar and there's a band playing and Chris dares Jal to go and nick the singer's hat, which I really liked. Um, It did remind me of, um, I used to work for a cinema um, and I won't say who, but there was a an ongoing joke. This feels a bit mean in retrospect, but there was this ongoing joke um, of a young Scottish actor who wore a denim, uh, wore a kind of leather jacket or a leather coat. Um, and there was this ongoing sort of bet between a few of the people that worked at the cinema that um, of sort of how long they could put his jacket on for when he went to the toilet and stuff because he used to come into the cinema all the time. Uh, so there we go. That was a little story from my life. Okay. So Jal storms the stage, because she's obviously, remember, she's not saying no to things. She's uh-huh. saying yes, uh, and she gets kicked out. While she's on the stage, though, she does see Cassie in the crowd. Floating about like a ghost, but Float. she's real. But she's real. I mean, it's it does feel like they're trying to kind of set up Cassie as, as, a, as her sort of ghostly presence at the start of this, but... We already saw her last episode. Instead of Casper the friendly ghost, we got Cassie the annoying ghost. <laughs> the annoying ghost who keeps turning up. As they're being pushed out of the bar, they all bump into Sid and Michelle, who are kind of on their way in. Yeah. And it's an awkward scene. It's an awkward uh, scene. So Cassie's there and she kind of spills all about Sid and Michelle. Um, and she slaps Sid. She's a, a woman scorned. Yikes. She seems... Mm, I've got a real problem with Cassie's characterization in this episode. I hated Cassie in this episode. Like, she was really... It, it's, it just... Yeah, it didn't seem quite in character for her either. It just was out of nowhere being an absolute bam. <laughs> I was like, yeah. there's no need. I, th- I think it, me- it needed to... Um... I mean, I think it it went to this place where it was... I think you could have done sort of woman-scorned Cassie, like bad Cassie, but it just didn't feel in character. She seemed mean, Mm -hmm. um, and she didn't seem... I think Cassie scorned would lean into feeling sorry for herself. We've kind of seen that before. Yeah, or, or like being more clever and being like emotionally manipulative and twisting the knife yes which she isn't it's just like this kind of chaotic evil cassie Mm. has taken over her body absolutely but there's there's more to be said on cassie later on i think so when they get outside chris and jal are the only ones kind of left and chris kisses jal and jal kisses chris how romantic she says yes to the dress no, um, she doesn't do that yet. Uh, Jan and Chris, your favourite Skins couple? They, of this generation, 
Yes, I think. I think they might be mine actually now. Um, I'd sort of forgotten. I'd sort of forgotten how early they set this up. Mm-hmm. What's that? Sorry, I'm smirking. I said of this generation because Hayane Omelies. Well, let's wait and see. Let's <laughs> wait and see. Oh, also in this scene, Jal is wearing a. She's wearing her kind of trademark green. I don't know if green was just having a moment at this point in time, or whether Jal specifically is wearing green for a reason. Jal is wearing green a lot this series, I've noticed, and she's worn that same hoodie a couple of times. Like, Mm. the kind of... It looks almost like dinosaurs, like the green and white sort of... or zipper jacket thing that she's got. Yeah. She's worn it a couple of times. I just wasn't... The dress was horrible. Anyway, um, so Chris brings everyone back to his, his, his kind of room at the college, which he's getting kicked out of today. He... Wakes up, um, he obviously thinks he's waking up next to Jal, but he wakes up next to Anwar and packs all of his stuff into a black bag. And Cassie, he sort of bumps into Cassie on the way out and she's got nowhere to stay. Um, Although I did wonder why she wasn't going to go and stay with her mum and dad. Like, Mm. where are they at this point? That is a good question. Uh, Well, unless she felt like she couldn't go yeah that's like did our whole family move to elgin or was it just oh did they move to elgin more research needed, more research needed. yeah but uh, uh, nevertheless cassie has found time to crimp her hair she has she has so yeah there's a sense that chris and cassie have something in common that they're, they're both homeless but you sense in this scene that cassie is sort of hinting that they should look for somewhere together but Chris doesn't kind of cotton on to that yet. Yeah, which is strange because up until this point, we haven't really seen a lot of Chris and Cassie together, but that, yeah, there seems to be a lot more Chris and Cassie stuff this series. Just this one episode, I think. Oh, the other thing in this scene is Chris is wearing a T-shirt, which appears to say... I'm Cook. Yeah, which is, uh, spoiler alert, but that's James Cook. Is he called James Cook? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, a Gen 2 character. That's his last line in the series. In series four, anyway. Um, and it just seemed... Well, no, it's kind of a catchphrase for him. Oh, is it? I think I think he says it a few times. It's, it is a bit of a catchphrase. And then, um, so Cook, turns out, goes to... Cook is the person who inherits this room from Chris. Right, well, let's stop with this future vision. Let's yeah, but I just I right thought that was to, very interesting. To, to Chris. Um, I thought we'd really cottoned on to something when you noticed that I'm Cook I was t-shirt. like waving my finger at the TV screen and saying, does that T-shirt say what I think it says? And then and Michael was like, no, I think it says I'm cool. Well, and you I know, it would make more sense to say I'm cool. I'm Cook. I think it makes, like, I'm Cook. And bottle washer sometimes. Wow, okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm Cook. I thought we'd really caught on to something there, but um, it turns out that lots of people have realised that that's what the T-shirt says. Um, I think this <laughs> this episode of this podcast has is, is been taken over by the same chaotic energy as Cassie. <laughs> has it? Oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm having okay. a bad day today. So Chris, it turns out, has a interview for a traineeship an estate agents, which is not the kind of place I would have pegged Chris for working. Um, so at his interview, the guy, the guy who's interviewing him, gets him to try and sell him a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And upshot is Chris ends up throwing a whole 
Does he throw the tea, tea at him? Or he it... sets the guy's tie oh, on so fire. And then says, oh, you'll need this tea to put it to out. To put it out. Um, he, does, he doesn't throw the tea at him. I don't think so. No, he tells her he... he uh, yeah, because he dips the tie in the tea. He dips the tie in the tea. Um, so he says... Basically, he gets a job, although the, the kind of boss of the company says that won't work with houses. Chris is also wearing a black and yellow tie in this scene, which is really beautiful. Beautiful oh, is not the word that I would use for A black it, and but... yellow tie with a black and yellow jumper? Just great. He's a busy, buzzy bumblebee. Um, the office that he's working in is absolutely horrible. Um, there's a star chart on the wall, um, a kind of sales table. And, yeah, one of his colleagues, Dave, very competitive and, um, like, not very pleasant. So his boss kind of shows him around and tries to show him the ropes. Um, so we get this scene of Chris being shown around a house with a young couple. And he he's really taken in by the place and really taken in by what his boss is saying. Um, but then when it's Chris's turn, he has to rent this really tiny, horrible flat to this kind of poor woman. I think we've looked at this flat before. Probably. That time when we were looking to move to Bristol. Although I do love that... So it's a really kind of junky little flat. It's, uh, you know, the ne- you can hear the neighbours. It's got horrible... It's got no view, hardly any room. But I did love that it has this little sort of cubby hole with the bed in it. There you go. That reminds me of the time... I joined uh, friends of ours who are a gay couple. They were looking for a flat and they went for a viewing at this place. Uh, and this this wee old older lady was saying, oh, boys, you'll love this place. Oh, and you've even got a wee glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> well. like she was talking about, like, some cupboard space, but she referred to it as a glory hole. Brilliant. Like home. So Chris doesn't rent the flat to the girl, but... Because he's got the keys, he decides to move himself into it. Mm-hmm. And he invites Jal over and he says that he's winning. He's winning their bet. Um, and she says he deserves a reward. This scene seemed a little bit... Uh, not out of character for Jal, but I don't know. There was just something kind of... I think Jal goes for what she wants, though, yeah. and I think she wants Chris. I don't like the idea of sex as a reward, but I think Chris and da- Chris and Jal sleeping together is really earned, mm. sort of story-wise. It's built over the two series to this this kind of moment. Yeah, and there's a nice use of um, David Sylvian's Forbidden Colours on the soundtrack as well. I did not recognise that, but I'll take your word for it. While they're having sex... Cassie comes over and is just annoying and weird. Is this where she's like brewing a potion? Oh no, that's like not yet, not yet. Oh, also in this scene, Jal has got this full kind of banana clip pineapple hair going on, which seems very much of the time. Um, but looking back, I'm glad it stayed where it was. <laughs> So Cassie's kind of complaining that there are more couples now. And while she's complaining, she's holding a knife, which Jal has to take off her. She just seems horrible. Fuck off, Cassie. Get lost, Cassie. (laughs) And I was the biggest Cassie stan in the first series. Back at work, even the boss knows that Dave is a prick. Chris isn't doing very well. He hasn't sold or rented many houses. And... It all seems like it's going to go tits up for him in this job. Uh, Back at home, 
Jal and Chris unbutton the covers and get inside the bed. It's more of Chris's kind of arrested development yeah. thing. So they get inside the duvet covers like you would do when you're a kid. And Chris tells Jal about the very hungry caterpillar. And then he says, I didn't want to be different. I wanted everything outside to be different. Like when he comes out of his cocoon, which just seems really sweet. Yeah, this is. I think this is a nicely played scene is for both of them but I think it's it's nicely written and acted and um and directed. It's really lovely. Joe Dempsey has such a sort of Peter Pan quality. Mm. And kind of when I thought actually you're right that it's well directed, I think I'd kind of initially seen this as, oh it's Harry Anfield, it's all this really funny stuff, but the the kind of emotional stuff lands as well, I would say. So following, uh, so Jal tells Chris that she knows he's not a fuck up, which feels really lovely. So following this, Chris is tasked with selling a house again. uh, And he does this by getting the couple to imagine dying and tells them that money is just bits of paper, which I can relate to. Um, The couple are, in a very Skins moment, the couple are erotic art dealers but they're convinced by Chris's avant-garde strategy. They are. Selling a house. They so. want to take the house. Um, there's this real sense of Chris doing well by just being himself, by mm-hmm. leaning into who he is um, and not changing himself for the world, but changing the world for him. Uh, and then we get a little catch up with Josie. Uh, Chris has sent her a helmet as a, as a gift. How kind. But while Chris is on the phone to Josie at the office... Who would come in but... The one and only... Angie. Angie, with a Natalie and Brulia haircut. With a new haircut. And, uh, yeah, Chris, uh, to hide, Chris face plants in some coleslaw. Uh, yes, in some salad, I think. Did uh, Do you think that Angie knew Chris worked here? And how would she know? Uh, no, I think, yeah, she does seem kind of surprised to see him, so... I think it's a coincidence. Yeah, well, it feels like a an annoying coincidence. I just, my heart sank when she turned up, to be honest with you. Yeah, well... In a good, dramatic way. Uh, I think the stuff with Angie in this episode has a really different tone to it um, compared to the first series. And I think it it presents Angie in a different light, which isn't a villainous light and mm. it isn't a... You, you know, she, the kind of, in a way, a fantasy figure, the way that she was for for, for Chris in the first series. Yes. Um. It there just seems to be a bit of a, a a different approach, and it's showing her in different light. Yes, I would agree with that actually. Um. So, while this is all going on, Cassie is at Josie's, um, and she's talking about how she's thinking of leaving school, growing a beard, and joining the circus. Oh, she's quirky, that Cassie. Oh, I wish she bloody would, to be honest with you. Um, when they get back home, this is when Cassie is doing a spell. Um, she's making punch for the housewarming, but she's um, in this very kind of witchy mode and listening to Bjork. Now, I love Bjork. I love a bit of witchiness. but I should love this. I just hate it. But it's I like... hate it. She, uh, Cassie's the one that kind of spills to Jow that Angie is back. She's like a kind of bad fairy, mm. just going around ruining everybody's happiness. So they're having a housewarming party 
And Cassie's kind of fully off the rails at this point. She's kissing a girl, which is not off the rails, but it's not her bag. Uh, she's doing drugs. I feel like there's lots of kind of goffs and emos at this party again. Like Ben Schiffer obviously has a real fondness. A boner for goffs and emos. <laughs> and Anwar's at the party and he's now blonde. Full tilt maxified, and he's also wearing a cardigan with a, a shirt. Like, it's the same outfit, isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. Um, it just feels really weird, but it is a good joke. So, yeah, kind of when Maxi turns up in the exact same outfit, Anwar, realize what sketch, Anwar realizes what Sketch has been doing, and he dumps Sketch. So, that's Maxi and Anwar back together again, but for how long? Yeah, <laughs> now that they're. Not identical, but as close as yeah. they could possibly be in styling. And a few episodes close to the finale. Yeah. So Angie comes to the housewarming and her and Chris shag in the toilets. Shocking stuff. And I wrote in my notes, uh, fuck you, Angie, because I just hate this, yeah. even though it's dramatically good. Yeah. Did Chris, like, why is Angie, th- did Chris invite her? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Mm. I can't remember. So Chris realises while this is happening that he wants Jow. He's in love with Jow. But Jow kind of realises what's going on um, because Chris's shirt is inside out. Although I did kind of note to that, although I did kind of think about that, Chris's outfits are always so weird that that might have been on purpose. Yeah, but I think the fact that Angie was there and Cassie had already told Jow, um, I think it was a kind of quite a neat way to oh to it was do very that rather neat. than is that lipstick on your collar is that angie's perfume i can smell all over you <laughs> yes yes jail doesn't sound like that no she would never say something <laughs> like that either um and then the next morning when everybody's kind of waking up hungover um chris we realize has been squatting in this flat um because somebody comes to show uh, a customer around and he gets fired and you get the sense that his boss is obviously is actually really gutted to see yeah. him go uh, which is quite nice he must have been really charmed by that whole dipping his tie in the tea thing well he was selling lots of houses good good for chris um my outfit of the week is chris's red suit uh, chris's kind of suit and red shoes and one sock when he's sitting outside with cassie Cassie is in my second outfit of the week, which is basically lingerie, long grey socks and gold ballet pumps. They're kind of sharing a fag and Cassie, you know, it's this kind of point where Cassie's kind of mined Chris's life. She's kind of ruined Chris's life too. Mm-hmm. She's kind of brought him down to her level. Well, I I noted that I thought that the establishing shot of this scene was really beautiful. Like, it was a really nice shot of the two of them with all the sort of junk and debris from the, yes, from yes. the place and, like, a kind of bust turned onto its side on top of a sideboard and things like that. Um, and, yeah, I think they're sort of mismatched outfits. Well, Cassie's not being mismatched, but her kind of ethereal mm. style and Chris's hot mess couture. Yes. Um, he wears it well, though. Well, we kind of agree to disagree. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so then we get this really interesting little scene of Tony, who's at swimming lessons with his dad, uh, and Chris is watching. So Tony's at these swimming lessons, obviously kind of learning to get his coordination back up. Yeah, and um, the 
like you, they're in the pool and Tony's kind of doing these swimming lessons alongside lots of uh, kids and they've obviously done a race and Tony's dad says, oh, well done, you came last, but well done, uh, which I thought was a nice little, like, a, and but the way it was delivered was, although it was a joke, it was just, there was a kind of bittersweet quality to this whole little mm. scene. What, so do I liked you, him. what do you think the point of this scene was? I think it, it, it is good for us to check in with Tony mm-hmm. and his recovery at this point and as a kind of reminder of, you know, everything that he's going through. Mm. And I think it gives us a bit of a bit of perspective as well mm. on everything that's happening with everybody else's lives. That's true. Although I think I would say that Chris is in, you know, he's really in the shit at this yeah. point. So Jal, it turns out, when she's at home on her own, is pregnant. Well, she does a pregnancy test anyway, and it, it turns out positive, um, which felt, I, I still feel that is a strange thing for Skins to do, a pregnancy, pregnancy storyline. Story I think it goes to an interesting place, but we won't spoil it just yet. But I think a pregnancy storyline where it just feels a little bit after school special for Skins. No, I disagree. I think it's absolutely makes sense for them to mm. to to cover and um yeah and i think to its credit as well it's not like there's a big drawn out build up it's just sort of you see jowl taking the pregnancy test see that it's a positive result mm. and there you go it's not like it's a whole it's not like that's the thread it's like kind of what comes after mm. so after that it turns out Angie is leaving. She kind of leaves Chris a a note to say she's leaving. Um, but there's something she wants him to have. And she's leaving him her flat. Very generous of you, Angie. Very generous of you, Angie. And a good way to get rid of you as a character now that you're kind of awful. Um, so Chris invites Jal over and he's doing a flip chart presentation for her. Where, she, where he tells her about his life. And we get the whole story about how his brother died when he was young and then his dad left and it was just Chris and his mum and then his mum left and it was just Chris. And now what he wants is Chris and Jal. Yes, and so do I. In their drawn house. In their drawn house, yes. Taking us right back to that line at the beginning. Yes, uh, Chris invented Draw My Life, the sort of YouTube genre. (laughs) But Jal's kind of not having it. She doesn't... She's kind of not letting him off easily. She's kind of saying, are you the only person who's been let down or abandoned? Because as we know, Jal's mum left. Mm -hmm. And she says she can't forgive him. Like, Jal is great in this scene. Yeah. And I think as well it brings home the fact that we haven't really seen that much of Jal's personal life um since her episode. That's true, yes, yes. Like she's been kinda of carrying on in the background, sort of being a shoulder to cry on for mm. so many of these other characters, but we haven't seen what she's been dealing with all this time. Mm. Which is yeah, interesting actually. But then we get Chris sort of pleading for Jal to to be his girlfriend. Uh and he says the immortal line, which is the line that I remember from this episode. I'd kick old grannies in the tits for you. How romantic. How romantic, but how funny in Skins. Um, And it it seems like all is forgiven and Jal's kind of can't help 
but love him. Michael, what have you drawn in your notes? It looks like a crying donut. It's a crying face because I just love Chris so much. Oh. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the episode, Chris is going to the job centre uh, and Jal goes with him. And then Michael wrote, Chris plus Jal. Heart, heart, heart. <laughs> <laughs> because I love Chris and Jal. Oh. Uh, did you like this episode? I did like this episode. It's not perfect. And I think especially the stuff with Cassie is, and her characterization is, is off. It's a problem. Yeah. But the overall like energy and um, for the most part, the tone of this, it feels right for Skins. It kind of feels, in some ways, it feels like the sort of platonic ideal of a Skins episode. Yeah, I would agree, actually. I, I wouldn't say it's an outstanding episode, but I feel like it, it really captures both the the sort of stupid humour... Stupid humour? Stupid humour? The, the, the stupid humour of Skins and, like, the kind of dramatic stuff and the whole relationship stuff and, you know, character dynamics and things. So, um... So, yeah, I liked it, but it wasn't a standout. I think it would have been hard for this episode to be a standout. I think this is, like, I think you're right. This is the kind of platonic ideal of a Skins episode. I think it's not, I think it's not meant to be a standout. It's yeah. kind of spinning the plates, um, giving us this really good story about Chris, which is kind of, you know, a good story about one character, um, moving relationships relationships moving relationships along yeah and just a really good kind of standard skins episode and i can't wait to see what's in store for us next week especially because we are finally checking back in with chow we're not no we're not we're checking Shit. in with our old friend <laughs> tony uh, yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we have to wait a little bit longer for more chow um, but uh, until next time, um, please follow us on Instagram. We are at Reskinned Pod. Give um, us a like and subscribe on iTunes. Please feel free to leave us some feedback as well. We as love to hear long from as you. it's positive. Uh -huh. And don't be a little cow like Cassie. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. I've got nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's not all that bad. I've been kicked out of college. I'm homeless, and I'm never going to see Andrew ever again. Oh, dry your eyes, princess. Huh? Maybe you should stop being such a pussy and get off your ass and go do something about it. Oh, fuck it.